Hi, I'm Dr. Jillian Murphy, a naturopath, healthy-ish lifestyle architect, body joy seeker, and French fry activist. And you're listening to 100% healthy-ish. Here's the thing. As a naturopath and an intuitive eating health at every size health coach, I have seen every angle and end of the health conversation. And after years of clinical and coaching experience, I've developed a framework for feeling good and having fun that I know you're gonna love. To be healthy-ish, we move beyond the boring basics and consider some ish you have never thought of before when it comes to your health. Are you ready? It's gonna be fun. Let's go. Welcome. I couldn't be more excited to be here. The first episode of 100% Healthy-ish, the podcast. To be clear, I have been around for a while. This podcast was formerly called Food Freedom Body Love, but I've relaunched it because I am expanding, shifting, changing in the work that I do and the conversations that I'm holding. And while, of course, we will continue to build on anti-diet, weight-inclusive work. I am here to really expand the conversation about health. So we're not throwing anything out the window that we've talked about before. We're building on what we've talked about before, and we're expanding, and we're shifting, and we're opening up to new ideas about what it means to be healthy-ish. Ah. <sighs> It's been, a, it's been a while coming. I sent an email to my newsletter list in August saying, uh, I'm going to take a few weeks. I've got like this new perspective, this new, um, you know, iteration of my work coming. Stay tuned. I'll be back the first week of September. And here we are. I am recording this on October 21st. Uh, it's going to be live in about a week, a week and a half. and it's taken a little longer, but it's going to be so worth it because this conversation is magical. It's revolutionary. It is something that I have looked for. Full disclosure, shied away from talking about because even though I was looking for it and needing it and wanting it, I think that I was worried that it would come across as um, not anti-diet enough or too superficial or you know, any of those judgments that we worry that people are going to have about us. But the more that I have sunk into this perspective, the more that I have brought it to the communities that I'm working with in an intimate way, one-on-one and in small groups, the more I realize that this is it. This is the real way that we create positive health behaviors that stick, that stick around that help us feel good in the bodies that we're in. And so I'm not going to shy away from it anymore. We are really going to get into today what this conversation is, this new approach that I'm taking to helping others find their magic formula for healthy-ish. Because it's not so straightforward, right? It's not A plus B plus C equals here you go. You know, it's it's a much more... uh, curious journey. Like we have to get curious and explore and play and open ourselves up to how we really want to feel in the world. And all of that can feel 
vague. And I think that that's also part of how intuitive eating and um, joyful movement can feel at times too, right? It could feel a little vague. So my work is going to be to hash out what this conversation is going to look like. And then in about a month or two, probably a month, I'm going to really reveal what my new offer is going to look like. And we're going to talk about how I've turned this concept into a framework that I can use for working with people. And we're going to take it from vague to tangible. And so you can understand what are the steps involved? What does this look like? Some people may be able to do it on their own. Others might require help. You might be looking for some coaching and some support and mentorship as you go through the process. Either way, I want you to have full access to the work, to what this is, because I think it's so important. Okay. First episode of 100% Healthy-ish. Let's go. I keep finding it hard to hit record and to just get through it because I think that I have been building up and leading up to this shift in my work and in my business for so long. And I'm so excited about it that I, that I just keep like fumbling my words and I don't know where to start and I don't know how to let you in. Um, and at the same time, it all feels so true to me and of me that I think when you hear it, you'll be like, of course, Jill. <laughs> like, I think that there are some aspects of this that have always been present in my work because it's truly just who I am. So I just hit record. I'm just going to fumble my way through it today. And I hope you stick with me. I have been going through a big shift in my, in my own approach to self-care and within the work that I do in my business. And of course, I, am, I, I still love intuitive eating. I love health at every size. Um, I think that just over the past year or two, I realized that there are a lot of people who are covering this work now, right? When I started back in 2013, there were very few people recording podcasts about this work, putting out Instagram images and content. Now there are so many amazing people doing this work, this anti-diet, health at every size, body positive, inclusive work. And so I feel like that is covered, like that ground is covered and it's built into everything that I do. You never have to worry about that. That's of course, always the foundation of the work that I do. But there's this whole other end of the, the spectrum that I have been playing in for three plus years, maybe more, probably four years. And I've slowly tried to integrate it into my offers. And I'll talk about that more in a few weeks when I introduce you to the work that I'm doing, because some pieces of it have been so amazing and really effective and revolutionary. And there's some things about the format that I think haven't quite worked, which is why I had to step back. And really say, okay, I can't tap dance around this anymore. I can't sneak this in to the end of an intuitive eating offer. <laughs> like this healthy-ish work needs to be front and center. This idea of figuring out a magic formula for behaviors and practices and thought processes and ways to invite beauty back in that connect us to our vitality, to this unending well of energy that keeps us hopeful, 
and excited and motivated, inspired, and carries us through moments when life is really hard and stressful. And also pushes us to try new things and be adventurous and curious when we have the time and space. So for a few years now, I've been sneaking it into the back end of my offers. But like I said, it's too big. It's too important. I want to change the conversation. Because I think that even with all of the progress that we have made in terms of ditching diet culture messaging and external expectations about our bodies. And even with all of the options that are now out there for us, when it comes to figuring out how to be well and to feed ourselves and move our bodies, there is still, there has been still something missing. I noticed this for myself when I officially ditch dieting and healthy lifestyle plans that are actually diets. And when I committed to always working with the body that I'm in and in the work that I do with other professionals in this field and in the work that I do with clients in this field, there's two major things that I see continuing to pop up that really become barriers to actually going from like, I've just ditched diet culture to like, I'm actually living exactly how I want to live. And the first thing is how divisive and polarized and all or nothing and heavy the conversation around health has become. Don't get me wrong. I'm so glad that we are out of like 80s, 90s diet messaging, but I've got to say, I'm just going to say it. There was something kind of fun about it. Was it inherently kind of fucked up and problematic? Yeah, totally. <laughs> but it was like, you know, just, just, you know, I don't even want to like offer up any, any examples, but there was something kind of fun about it. Like it's just on the cover of magazines and like two weeks, you're going to change your life. And like, even though people are suffering from doing these things, you know, there's a reason that it's still attractive. There's a reason why people keep falling back into it because there was something sort of fun about it. Kind of hopeful. It was clear. It was like, just do this and your whole life's going to be fixed. And we know that that's a crock now, <laughs> you know, we know it's a crock, but we're left with this like, you know, heavy, like, you know, topics that are so important and really, you know, conversations that absolutely need to be had, but don't necessarily lend themselves to like joy and, and, you know, excitement and, and the motivation to like make ourselves better. Like if anything, I feel like people feel nervous. It, it's hard. It's like, well, if I do this, is it, is that being, is that on a diet? If I do this, is that, is that problematic? You know, it's, and there really is this feeling and social media does this. This is not the actual conversation. Like the actual conversation when it comes to intuitive eating and health at every size is figure out what works for you. And that's the best thing for you to be doing for your health. But the, but the way that it comes together on social media and the kind of world that we're currently living in is that there's this very divisive, polarized, all or nothing, you're in this camp or that. If you know eating paleo makes you feel good, it's still a diet and you're doing something wrong. If doing 
you know, monitoring and being careful of your sugar intake makes you feel good. You're buying into problematic beliefs. And I think that there's a lot there. I think that there's a lot of layers there. And I've never been shy about the fact that we really need to examine our external programming before we can figure out what's right for us. That's, of course, going to always be built into my work and my offers. But there, you know, let's assume that people have done the work because I work with people all the time, all the time who have been intuitive eating for years, who have coached in intuitive eating, who are still struggling to own what is right for them because there's fear of judgment, struggling to own, I enjoy eating this way. I enjoy salads. I like green juice. I don't give a crap about any of that, but I really love doing this. And this is what makes me feel good in my body. I work with people all the time. This is like my actual favorite zone is to be with people who have fully pulled apart the messaging, who have been really sinking into intuitive eating and body acceptance. And there's still that, that little hump that they can't quite get over because this is it. It's this feeling like they cannot fully own what they value. And they've gotten to the point where they're in permission. They can say, yes, I do like sugary foods. They can own that, but they're now struggling to take the next step to say, I, and I also love running marathons, or I also love green smoothies, or I also love taking this collagen supplement because it makes my skin look great. So this divisive, polarized, heavy situation where people feel stuck and like, they can get out of certain really problematic aspects of health and wellness and diet industry, but don't know how to move forward into like full joy and freedom and the ability to be like, you know, and I just sort of love watching the Kardashians or whatever. Like, you know, we know that there's problems there, but it's just fun sometimes. Like what are the things that, that are fun for you? You're allowed to love those things and own them. And you know how that connects to health. <laughs> it's going to take me a little bit longer to try to connect the Kardashians to health. But I want to say that when we are doing things that we love, that make us feel alive, we are much more likely to continue to do the things or to tap into the things that make us feel well. So we'll, we'll circle back to that. Um, but the other thing, the other thing that still remains an issue is hyper-focus on food and movement. There is still this overwhelming focus on food and movement when it comes to being well. And I think that when we put too much pressure, too much heaviness on food and movement to make us feel joy and purpose and energy and inspiration in our lives, we end up in a similar sized hole where we are digging and digging and digging and not getting anywhere. We're just going like deeper into the hole. We're getting more and more hyper fixated, more and more preoccupied and focused and can't figure out why we don't feel good. We need to be having a broader conversation around all of this. 
And I don't hear anyone else doing it. I looked for it, you know, especially not from this perspective, like this idea of what makes us well, what actually makes us healthy is what connects us to how we feel, how we want to feel in our lives and, and doing it from an anti-diet weight inclusive perspective. Like I don't hear anyone else really doing it. And I don't hear anyone else doing it without sneaking in a lot of weird diet culture stuff. So I'm ready to step up to the plate and change things and introducing a truly holistic approach to being healthy. So I want to look beyond the basics at all the obvious BS that we all talk about every single day. What's the right food to eat? What's the right way to move? Even if it's intuitive eating, even if it's joyful movement, there's this feeling of like, there's a way to get it right. You know, I want to look beyond all of the, the surface obvious stuff we, we, we talk about every day and start looking at all aspects of our lifestyles. And I have crafted this framework, this blueprint that addresses all of this, that allows you to consider how you want to feel in your body and in your life that is in line with your values, how much time you have, how much effort you wanna put into caring for yourself and what's important to you. And through this framework, this magical formula unveils itself for well-being, and it will keep you having fun and feeling connected to the things that make you feel well. So you don't like, it's not, what I keep saying is that it shouldn't be another, you know, taking care of yourself shouldn't be another heavy thing on your to-do list. It should be built into the rhythms and routines of your day in, in a way like you're excited to engage with it. It's something you look forward to. And if there are aspects that you know you need to take care of that are a little less fun, let's find a way to work them in, in, in a way that's less heavy. So I want to move on though, because, you know, I've, I've used the word healthy several times, but the reality is that I am shifting to healthy ish. And this podcast I've called 100% healthy ish. And Erica, my business coach was like, Jill, you know, is this misleading to people to say 100% and then healthy ish? And I'm like, yeah, but that's the whole point. Like the whole point for me is that Healthy-ish is a destination. It's not a consolation prize. It's not something you get because you just can't quite hack it in the health world <laughs> or you can't quite get, you know, X, Y, Z perfectly correct. You know, the idea is I'm switching to the word healthy-ish because I want us to get out of perfectionistic all or nothing thinking. I want us to get away from the really problematic co-opting of the word health that actually means diet. I want us to get out of that heavy divisive in one camp or another thinking that I've already talked about that keeps us looking outside of ourselves for the perfect plan, for perfect health, where you never have a headache and you never have a digestive issue and you like never fart or whatever, <laughs> you know, it's also boring. And it's like, we know it doesn't work. 
So let's look for healthy-ish. Let's look for that place where you are able to do all of the things that make you feel alive. And for me, that's getting up early some mornings to go for a run or a walk. It's jumping in a cold lake. It's plunging. It's drinking green smoothies. It's also being out a little too late on a Wednesday night with girlfriends, gossiping over a glass of wine. That invigorates me. It makes me feel connected to like the life that I want to live. And even if I'm a bit tired the next day, it adds to my health. It's the real yang and yin that exists in your body and the right balance of those things that keeps you energized and excited without burning you out. If I do too much, I love to be out and about. But if I do too much, you know, eating in restaurants and staying up late drinking wine, I get burnt out. I also get burnt out if I try to live a life of kale juice and early mornings. Like there's this balance for me that I found that creates a sense of healthy-ishness. I'm not proposing that if someone else were to like look in on my life, they would be like, oh, that is the epitome of healthy living. She ticks every box. There are definitely clients that I work with where I'm like, oh, you like technically eat a more nutrient dense diet than I do. But if they're hyper fixated on it and they're not having any fun with it and they feel stuck and exhausted, is it really leading to well being? <laughs> you know? And so if not, how could we pull back ever so slightly? on the fixation around nutrients and take a look at like, what lights them up? Is it getting out with friends for walks? Is it going dancing on a Friday night? Is it creating a home that feels beautiful? Like what are the things that really energize you? Micronutrients can only do so much. So healthy-ish is about finding that messy middle point and I only say messy because it can be tricky to find it. Finding that midpoint of caring about taking care of ourselves, but it not taking over our lives, doing things that add to our physical well being that actually are fun, where the process is fun. It's incredible to engage with, right? Like you're excited about it. I look forward to my walks in the morning. I look forward to the food I eat all across the spectrum, the nutrient dense and the less nutrient dense. I look forward to going to bed early some nights and staying up late others. I look, it's all good. Does that mean my life's perfect all the time? No. Does that mean that I never go through a slump? No, but that's also part of this framework, like gracefully letting it all fall apart because a big part of the healthy-ish framework is also realizing acknowledging, validating that we are cyclical beings, that we don't always need the same things. And what makes me feel healthy-ish in the fall is not necessarily the same things that make me feel healthy-ish in the winter or the spring or the summer or at different parts of my menstrual cycle or as I fumble my way through perimenopause. It's different. And so healthy-ish for me is the destination. So I think we can be one. I feel like I am 100% healthy-ish and it's a bit of a 
oxymoron, but only if you're looking at it from the perspective that health is perfection and health is all or nothing. And there's an exact formula that you should stick to every single day for the rest of your life. Like all of that is made up and it's boring and it's problematic because the right amount of cookies for you is not the right amount of cookies for me. And it keeps us looking in the wrong place and looking to the wrong things to fix our lives. But you know what's great about all of that? If we start to recognize that the conversation has been too limited, even when there's been all of this great stuff involved, is that there's so much room to grow. If you, if you have been feeling stuck, if conversations around health have been feeling heavy, if intuitive eating has felt hard, there is more we can do to get you feeling healthy-ish. I wanna help you feel healthy-ish. I want you to feel proud of how you are moving through life. I wanna help you own all the parts of you, the parts the love, that love to work out and the parts that love to eat donuts and the parts that love to drink coffee and the parts that love to cook beautiful meals and the parts that would rather just order in. And the parts that like documentaries and the parts that watch the Kardashians. Like, let's own all of it. And it will be hard at first because it is difficult to wade through what we think should make us feel good and what actually makes us feel good. I talk about this in my private work all the time. Like, a huge part of intuitive eating is actually coming to terms with what you actually love and enjoy, <laughs> what you like eating. And for some people, that's really hard. It's really hard to accept that they might just like Oreos. There's shame around it because of all the morality that goes into health and being a healthy person. It's bullshit. It's nonsense. Most of the people I know that adhere to that idea about health, that it's like exercise and like only eating green things and never eating X or never eating Y and never consuming sugar and moderating this and spend all their time thinking. Most of those people are not that well. I'm just going to say it. Most of the people I know in my life who approach health in that way do not seem that well to me. So we're not even going to say health anymore. We're not aiming for health. We don't, we're not aiming for this preoccupied, consumed, exhausting state where you are ticking all the boxes and getting all the green things in and doing the right amount of steps. And from the outside, someone could look at what you're doing and be, and, and, and deem you or label you healthy. We are going to throw that away and we are going to decide that healthy-ish is the destination. And yeah, we're going to look, of course, food and movement is going to be a part of this, this framework and this process. Of course it is. It's the cornerstone of, of, of my work as a naturopath and a health coach, and now as a healthy-ish lifestyle architect, which is the new title that I'm taking on. 
I'm going to be a healthy-ish lifestyle architect that helps you design the systems and structures and processes that allow you to feel vital and energized and proud of how you're living and excited about how you're living and good about the body that you're in, regardless of size and shape. Healthy-ish is this dreamy space of flexible, pleasurable, and completely customized energy boosting practices that are perfect for you. So this is the approach I'm taking. I wanna help you find your healthiest, healthiest blueprint. And it will likely look nothing like mine. In fact, it'll likely look like no one else's. It will never look like anyone else's. And it will definitely not look like that healthy, plan, that ineffective health plan that you've seen before. So I found this, I just want to say quickly that, you know, for me, the, the road to healthy-ish was a pretty long one. And I don't want to, uh, you know, I don't know if, it, I don't want to belabor it too much, but I, I will just say that for me, I found this work because again, and this may not be true for everyone. And if it's not true for you, that's fine. But I have a history of orthorexia. So I have a big history. Like I empathize with that all or nothing, super fixated down the whole exhausted approach to health because I lived it for many years, hyper anxiety and fixation on clean eating and over exercise and literally broke my body down. I like destroyed my body. I have a great, lovely story about one of my ankles that was so swollen for over a year, it hung over the side of my shoe and I still ran on it every day because that was part of like what I thought I had to do to be healthy. And then there was a period of full permission that sort of followed that. And it wasn't even really full permission to start out. It was like, I was in a struggle with permission. So it looked like Restriction with binge eating or just overdoing it in general, not having an off button, not being able to discern, having difficulty saying no or stopping. And when I found health at every size and intuitive eating, I found a much more healthy connection to permission. And I started to find discernment. I started to find that what, you know, what a gift that intuitive eating and health at every size gave me was that I was able to find discernment. I was able to play with yes and no's. So yes, I want that now. No, that's not right for me. I was able to say both. I wasn't stuck in, you know, restriction or stuck in permission. So I was able to play with gentle nutrition, play with intuitive eating, work toward enjoying the body that I'm currently in, even though it fluctuates and changes and it's not necessarily living up to any cultural ideal. You know, I found my way to that and that was a real gift. But when, you know, how I found my way to this idea of healthy-ish is that there was still a little bit of interesting shame around inviting health practices back into my life. And part of that's because of the conversation on social media. And I don't want to undermine the importance of that conversation on social media because it is important. Like people kind of 
making fun of some of the health and wellness practices that promise that they're going to fix our whole lives and like detox our minds and, you know, bum holes or whatever. Like, you know, I think that there's real value to making fun of that and poking holes in it, but it can also make it difficult to welcome back into health practices that really are good for you, that you really do enjoy. And I sort of parallel this to some of the, the stages and phases of feminism. Like there were definitely phases of feminism where like all things girly and feminine were totally rejected. We rebelled against it and rejected it because we were trying to prove that we were just as good as men. But eventually there becomes this point, and this is all a little bit gendered, you know, I recognize that, but there became this point where it's like, yeah, but we're not necessarily the same. We don't have to be the same as men, the way that men were existing in that gender role at that time. Like, I don't want to be a man. I just want to be valued as a human being. I don't want to be like, you're less valued because you're a woman. You're less valued because you happen to like red lipstick or high heels. And this, you know, crosses the whole gender spectrum at this point in time. But there was this idea, right? At first it was like, no, we have to be exactly like them. And then it was like, no, we just want to be valued equally, but we want to be able to pursue and express ourselves and welcome in femininity in whatever way feels right <laughs> on whatever level. And so that's to me what healthy-ish is. It's like we, we, we shed the external programming of what we have to do to be healthy. And then we start to play with, but what do we want to invite back in? What's fun? And bigger than that for me was when I realized that the things that make me feel alive and connected to this well of energy inside myself that really never runs out because it's so true to me. You know, my energy totally burnt out and ran out when I'm like trying on someone else's idea of health or who I should be or what I should like. I burn out very quickly. I get exhausted. I have to throw it all away. But when I am connected to this well of energy and vitality inside myself, I naturally am more connected to my ability to discern and to be intuitive and to get okay with the moments when that falls apart. But the things that connect me to that well of energy often have nothing to do with food and movement. Sometimes it does, like my morning walks, I guess, you know? There are certain ways of eating. More often than not, it's a really beautiful food experience that connects me to that. But the things that tap me in, it's just the rhythms and routines of my day and how I invite beauty into my life. And I just realized that this was really important to me. And again, if inviting beauty back into your life and your home and your rhythms and your routines is not important to you, this might not be, you know, my approach to healthy-ish might not be exactly right for you. The framework I think still holds up. And I think that you can use it in whatever way feels good to you. I think that you can take the work, especially over the next few months, as I really share more and more about the framework and how you can figure this out, you can take that and use it. Those who are going to be interested in, in like coaching with me or mentorship with me are likely going to be people who enjoy a clean fridge. <laughs> 
who like opening it up, like when my fridge gets too chaotic and it does, you know, none of these things. I am also a cyclical being and I go through cycles where I'm like, fuck it. And it's just like everything, but like clearing that fridge out and cleaning it and organizing it and having my nuts in like cute little accessible jars and having my vegetables easily accessible, that brings me joy. And I actually eat more of those things when they're in this state. When my workout gear gets too gungy and it's not fitting right and it's falling and it's this and it's ripped and it's stained, I don't, I'm not as excited to move. I'll still do it. But what gets me really fun and excited is like when there's some gear that I really love wearing. So some of this is important to me. And if you connect to that, I used to be embarrassed about it. I'm just not anymore. You don't have to love all of those things, we can, but we can figure out what that flavor is for you. We can figure that out. But the big thing here that I'm trying to say, like on my journey to healthy-ish, there was just this point where I realized that the concept of intuitive eating, while it was a huge gift, you know, it's not the end point because we have to figure out what keeps us connected to our intuition (laughs) and what keeps us like, there, there, there are some aspects of taking care of ourselves that require work grocery shopping, prepping food, ordering food, you know, what keeps us connected to caring about any of that? And for me, it's figuring out how I want to feel in my life and getting clear on the ever evolving practices and mindsets and systems and structures in my life that tap me into those feelings and that well of energy. I didn't just stop at gentle nutrition and intuitive eating. I kept going I kept looking for a way to make sense of the fact that my body's ever-changing and my needs are ever-changing and how I connect to what foods are good for me is ever-changing. But I wasn't sharing all of that because first and foremost, I didn't quite know how in the beginning. Secondly, I think I was very worried that I would be accused of going back into the diet world. You know, one day I posted about intentional intuitive eating. Just this idea of like, what does it mean to be intentional and intuitive when we're eating? And how could we get more tangible when it comes to that? Because that's another piece of these frameworks. Like a lot of this is ideas, but we need to find a way to make it tangible so that you can actually do something with it. Gentle nutrition as a concept is beautiful. It's lovely. Most of the people that I work with don't find it tangible enough. So I introduced this idea of intentional intuitive eating. And, you know, someone said, this sounds kind of diety to me. And so I think that I was worried about that judgment. Now, I am very clear and I was able to respond to this person and say, hey, it's really only a diet if we're trying to hyper control and weight manage our bodies and or like make our food look perfect. This has nothing to do with weight. Putting intention into how I feed myself has nothing to do with my weight. It has to do with how I feel and how I want to feel in my life. And different people are allowed to choose how much intention they put in. That's totally cool. But I'm just talking about what does it mean to be intentional intuitive? So I didn't know how to talk about it at first. Then I think I was afraid of being judged And then I think that I really just had to get out of my own way so that I could make this end of the work, this end of the spectrum of this work, 
I could take it and put it front and center and be like, I don't need to lead with the pain points of hating your body and being, you know, a binge eating emotional eater who's totally falling apart. That could be true for you. That could be happening for you. (laughs) And if it is, that's okay. We'll work with it within this framework, but I don't have to lead with that. I trust that we are all in a place. Those of you who are interested in the work that I'm doing, that we are in a place where we can value feeling good in our lives enough that we don't need to be in the depths of pain to care about it. I don't need to lead with pain points. So that was my journey to healthy-ish. And I plan on over the course of, you know, the next few months having amazing conversations with people who are approaching health and what connects them to feeling to feeling good in their bodies in totally different ways. So there, you know, Daisy from Mindful Closet is coming on to talk about clothes and, and how that can add to our healthy-ish formula. Sarah Jenks is coming on to talk about sacred health. AC Brown is coming on to talk about human design. And you, may, you might be like, what the F does human design have to do with your health? But for me, everything, when I discovered, you know, I'm a projector and projectors really need a lot of downtime. And I used to feel guilty about needing downtime all the time. And I'm incredibly productive and I get a lot done in really short periods of time. But I thought for for decades of my life that I had to try to maintain that level of energy and productivity every moment of every day of my life. And I would get burnt out over and over and over again. I would try to insert myself into conversations when as projectors, we need to wait to be invited in. And I couldn't figure out why, you know, I'm trying to get myself into the conversation. I keep hitting brick walls. I keep feeling pushed out. And so learning my human design is really changed the way that I approach life, relationships, business, and I am better for it. It's huge. So she's coming on to talk about that. Uh, uh, Shalna, a naturopathic friend of mine, is coming on to talk about emotional, you know, a release and how we how we move emotions through our bodies. We're going to be talking about. I'm just trying to think what else. Um, yeah, we're just going to be talking about our cyclical nature. We're going to be talking about food, and we're going to talk about movement, and we're just going to talk about all of these. Oh, sensuality. Katrina from My Orgasmic Life is coming on, and we're going to talk about sensuality as self care. And how that plays into all of this. I mean, really, that's what I'm describing as this, you know, the healthiest framework is a sensuality framework. It is a framework for connecting with our experience of being in our physical bodies in the world and what brings us joy and connection and inspiration. So that's obviously going to be so huge. So you're going to hear these different perspectives and, you know, There likely won't be one approach that's right, but I just want you to get curious. I want you to explore what are the things that light me up? Look at your credit card statement. That's also fun. Like, you know, like listen to the podcast, see what, see what you value, what lights you up. Look at your credit card statement. Where are you currently spending your time and money? That is like a fun thing to think about. What, where are you putting your time? Where are you putting your energy? Where are you putting your money? Like, I just, over the next few months, I want you noticing that. And then uh, probably in December, I'm going to introduce this framework 
for health, for, for being healthy-ish. And I'm going to invite you in to work with me. And I will say that these offers, there's going to be um, a couple of different offers. It's all I'm going to offer into the world. There's going to be an intensive where I can help you find your framework, like just the blueprint. You know, I'm going to sit with you, go through just 90 minutes, really thorough intake, and we're going to hash out your magical formula. And then there's going to be a much longer process where I am your mentor and coach and guide and co-conspirator as you figure it out and implement it in your life. And that is going to be a five-figure investment. It is big work. We are doing big freaking things here. So I want you to be ready for that. Um, I am, as always, striving to make the work, my work, completely accessible. If you're tuning into the podcast, if you're on my newsletter list, if you're getting my healthiest starter guide, I'll talk about that in a second here. If you're getting the starter guide, you have access to the work. My time in coaching and my zone of genius, which is in helping people differentiate what they think they should be doing from what they really want to do <laughs> and figuring out how to implement that into their lives. That's complicated. You need to be good at this. By the combination of like being a naturopath while also having all of this experience as an intuitive eating health at every size coach and all of the work that I've done in my own life on like all the extra coaching on, you know, between CBT and sensuality, like and everything in between relationship work, eating disorder work, like I've done all of it. And so I have this hyper radar for, for honing in on what is actually true to you and how you can implement it and what is just lingering external programming that takes time and my time, you know, my time and, and the depths of this, of the, of this work has been a huge investment for me. And so that is going to come at a five figure price point. The work will stay accessible always. But those of you who are like, I just want to dive in with you. Let's do this together. Let's come out the other side in five months and feel totally differently about how I feel in my body and how I approach food and movement and how maybe I dress myself or organize my home or what, like all of that, whatever is important to you, we can come out the other side of five months and you're going to just be looking at all of this totally differently. So to get started though, if you want to dive in, I have created a healthy-ish, sorry, uh, yeah, a healthy-ish starter guide. And it's this, this first inaugural version I am so excited about because it is a holiday version. I love the holidays. The holidays are a time when I feel really activated, like really connected to that part of me that is vital and energetic and was one of the first times of the year that I really connected to this this idea of like, oh my gosh, it's when I feel like this in my life, I take care of myself with a lot more ease and I manage the bumps a lot more easily. And isn't this interesting how gingerbread houses and twinkly lights and having Prosecco with friends on a Friday night in a sparkly outfit make me want to actually eat better <laughs> and rest and go for jogs. Like that is interesting to me. So I'm super excited about this starter guide. It is something that I'm going to put out every season. And it's just little things that are connecting me 
to my magical formula in the hopes that it will inspire you. It might not all be right for you, but like maybe there's a recipe that you try. Maybe there's a movement practice you try or workout pants you buy or a playlist that just, just kickstart something inside of you. It just connects you to something that awakens something inside of you that goes like, oh my God, yeah, I want to get excited about life. I want to get excited about this body that I'm in. I'm not a supermodel. I'm never going to be a supermodel, but I'm excited about living life in the body that I'm in. And I want you to feel the same. So there's going to be a link in the show notes to get that healthiest starter guide for the holidays. Please take it, consume it. Let me know what you think. Stay tuned for the rest of the episodes that are coming. Um, it is going to be just such a beautiful conversation. And I can't wait to see what evolves for you in all of this. That is it for me today. There are three things that I would love for you to do as you leave this episode. First thing, download the healthiest starter guide, the holiday version of the healthiest starter guide. Second thing, please, please, if you would, I'm begging a little, rate and review the episode, rate and review the podcast. It means the world. It's so helpful, especially as I relaunch, like it really is such an amazing thing to do. And third, could you tell three friends about it? Could you tell three friends that we're starting a revolution, a healthy-ish revolution where we like to work out and we also like to go out with friends for a cocktail and we love cold lake plunges and hot baths and we eat intuitively, but we also have a bit of a system to keep us on track and we eat salads and we glug eggnog and we do all the things. We do all the things. This is a healthy-ish revolution. And I want you to tell three friends to come on for the ride. <laughs>